We've done a series called Here. Started out in January. Everybody say here. As in H-E-R-E, here. And I'm going to kind of leverage some of the thoughts. And some of the, This has gotten really big on the inside. It's been extremely helpful f- for me at 60, almost five years old. This has been one of the most helpful series that I've ever participated in. And um, it has just been so helpful for me in, in a lot of different things. And, and the idea, the heart of the idea of the series here is that where we are is where we are. We can't be somewhere else. Where we are is where we are. But we spend so much of our life focused on there. What, what we think will be better. When, when I have all of my needs met. When, when my marriage is what I was hoping that it would be. When my relationships, when my finances. When, when I get there, then I'm going to be happy. When I get there, then I'm going to be able to do what God wants me to do. But, but I hope you understand two things. First of all, when you get there... It doesn't stay there. There becomes here. And you're, you will always live in this idea, this state of here. And so because you are here and God says, I am with you always, this is the place. Here is the best place that you can ever be. And so we're going to take another step in that, and I'm calling this series Hearing, but not H-E-A-R-I-N-G, but H-E-R-E-I-N-G, Hearing. Because it's what I hear when I'm here that becomes so important to my life. And so that's a nutshell of what we've been talking about. I'd encourage you to go back, listen to those messages, go through them again. We've been spending a lot of time in Matthew chapter six, uh, seek first the kingdom of God or put his kingdom first. And then all these other things will be added unto you. So we spent some time there, but before I get there, I want to, I had an experience this last weekend and um, I wanted to share some things. I've been asked a couple of times, and uh, you know, what do I think about the revivals that are happening, the Asbury revival, uh, revivals on the other college campuses, and all those other things? And for those of you that might not be aware of what that is, or maybe you haven't seen news reports, go ahead and play a clip from the Asbury revival, if you would. <laughs> at first just because growing up with my church we never had anything like this and so I just wasn't used to the idea of a revival Um, but the longer it's gone on I've realized that if God wants it to happen it's going to happen. My prayer is that this will encourage churches, encourage pastors, encourage disbelievers um, and just stir up a hunger for the Lord because again it's it's not about Asbury, it's about Jesus. How many of you have heard about that particular moving of God? Amen. Amen. Well, here's the thing, and, and so I've been asked, well, what do I think about it? First of all, whenever God's moving, I think we should be excited about it. Whenever it seems like people are connecting with God, we should, we should hope for the best. We, God, breathe on that. God, move on that. God, continue to, to influence those young people and, and, and all of those things. And of course, I, I am a pastor. I've been in local church ministry for 40 years, and I'm interested and excited. And, and there's quite honestly, I hate to say that we've seen a lot, you know, we haven't seen everything for sure. But yet the Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun. Right? And so, there's, God is always moving, first of all. Let me just, God is always moving. Except maybe during that 400 years of silence before Jesus came. But God is always speaking. God is always moving. And so, I'm always, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm happy about it. But I also have, sometimes I have some reservations, not about what God is doing, but what people do. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so, you know, I start listening. And I start, I, I love the comments. I'm like the guy, you know, the meme with the popcorn, just watching the comments. Because you have one side, oh, it's so wonderful. It's student-led. There's nobody in charge. And there's no, you know, rock star worship leaders. There's no fog. There's no lights. It's just God, Jesus, and a guitar, and young people. And it's just awesome, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful. And you got other people, it's like, it's doctrinally incorrect. They don't preach anything of substance. It's not deep enough. They're just willy-nilly, and then I'm sort of like, you know what, it's college students. Hmm, biology or revival service? Hmm, which one am I going to go to, you know? i sorry I didn't get that paper done. I was at the revival service. Might have been laying before the Lord, dwelling in the land of Nod. But I was at the revival service. And so I think that whatever it is that God is doing, we should be excited about it. We should be happy about it. When God is, here's what I know about people is that you will find whatever it is that you're looking for, particularly when you go to church. If you're looking for God moving and God doing things, no matter the church that you go into, you will find it because that's what you're looking for. If you're looking for people that are fleshly, People that are hypocritical, guess what? You're going to find them there. If you're looking for the devil doing stuff, you're going to find it because that's what you're looking for. We tend to see, notice, and find what it is that we are looking for. But I want to share an experience that I had with you that just really, really helped me. So the Asbury Revival, that's one piece of this puzzle, one piece of kind of what I've been thinking about. And this week, this last week, I was at a I'd gone to Tulsa, Oklahoma, left on Saturday. Normally I wouldn't do that, but I just, I felt like I really want to go and visit some churches or at least a church. As a pastor, I kind of geek out about that. Plus I like going to a church or a place that I'm not in charge of anything and I get to just watch. And I get to just experience and I get to just be there. So I decided to go to a church. It's called Transformation Church. And it's a church in Bixby, Oklahoma, about 15 minutes away from where I was staying. And it's a big church. It's a, it's a, it's a mega church. And I had been kind of following and sort of aware of them. And I was really curious about it. It's a black pastor, predominantly black church. I had heard that the you know, parking, all the things that I didn't want to have to experience. I almost, it almost, I almost let it talk me out of not going. Because... Parking was a problem because of its location. At least I thought it was going to be a problem, and I, oh, I hate fighting that and all these people and everything else. I, I just want it convenient. Anybody? I don't have to wait. Just give me my service the way I want it. Give it to me now. That's what I, sorry. See, that's why I know you guys are like that, because I'm like that. And so, and so I... I, all right, I get up and I'm going to go and I, you know, I had to get up early. It was like quarter to 11 is when the service started, right? So I drive, I go there, I get there early and I, I follow all the lines off of the main road, off all the cars and I'm following. I was like, oh, dear Jesus, here we go, you know? And they did a great job here. The guys with the batons, they're, you know, moving you and stuff and pull into a parking garage. I had to drive up to the third level of the parking garage to find a place to park. And the whole time I'm thinking, how long is it going to take me to get out of this bad boy? I'm way up at the top and all these other cars are going to be leaving before me. I'm already calculating. I might have to leave early so that I can be one of the first ones to get out of the parking garage because God knows I got to get out of here. 
So I pull in, I walk into the, the church service, I walk into the auditorium, or I'm sorry, I walk into the, the main area, all these other people, I'm being greeted by probably 20 people. Uh, they all have pom-poms, welcome to church, we're so glad that you're here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, kind of like, and I mean, it was incredible, all of it was just so good. I had no idea where I was going, but there was a funnel of people to walk in, I'm following people, I go into the auditorium, and, and I, I'm standing there, and I'm looking around, and there was, you know, at that time, we were 15 minutes before the service, and there was a whole bunch of people that were already there, and one of their, what we would call connections people, one of their ushers came up to me, and she said, you know, are you looking for someone? I said, no, I just need a place to sit, and she kind of looked around, and she said, she ushered me to a place, and, and uh, actually, I think she gave me her chair, because there was some information on it, and, and she was talking to somebody else, and I'm like, thank you so much, it was on the end, I'm a bigger guy, I kind of like being on the end, and being free, in case I need to get out of here early, so I can beat everybody else out of here, and uh, and so the service started. I need to tell this to you first. I did not know this going into it. I'm glad I didn't know. Quite honestly, I ended up in a service that lasted three and a half hours. How many of you still want revival? <laughs> It lasted three and a half hours. I was not prepared for that. I'm texting Shelly. I was texting Steph. And I'm like, still going. Half hour later, still going. Half hour later, no signs of letting up. <laughs> I started feeling better about myself because I went an hour last week. You know, all of that stuff. And so, I, I, if I'd have known I was going to do this this morning, I'd have done a much better job of, of a clip. But I just, go ahead and play a little bit of it. Now, I got to tell you, I was not prepared for any of that. I saw the lady walking around with a box of Kleenex. I called it the minute, I think to myself, maybe we need a ministry of Kleenex. Because I, I just noticed there are people weeping, just crying. Because God was ministering to them. Now, that may not be your cup of tea. Lights and sound and giant screens. I'll tell you what, I'm looking at that and I know that that giant screen that they had was millions of dollars. And I'm like, you know what, our five stone million dollar thing needs to become five million dollars. I mean, it just got really big on the inside of me. And then he began to preach and the word was so good. And the reason I say three and a half hours because it didn't seem like three and a half hours. And during that time, I'm not a novice when it comes to the presence of God. And again, I'm like everybody else. I will find what it is that I'm looking for. You know, the Bible tells us that we should love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. How many of you know that your brain has two sides to it? There is the analytical side. There is the side that, that, that likes it in order. But there's also a creative side. There's also a creative side to your brain. And for some reason, we come over into the church world and we think that it has to all be the analytical side and that any kind of creativity, any kind of emotion, any kind of anything, it's like, no, 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 no. We can't have that. But I'm telling you right now, that church had it both. And I was so far, I was literally at times, I'm laughing. It's like, oh God, you are so good. <laughs> and other times because it was so powerful, I was crying. I was doing, and at times I was doing both. I was like, <laughs> where's the ministry of Kleenex? Because I'm crying and I'm laughing. Three and a half hours. The only thing I'm like, Pastor John asked, well, did they do children's ministry and shifts? 
Because it's like, you know, how do you do that? And that's not typical for them, but God was doing something there. Now, that Sunday morning, it was high tech. It was so well done, and it was highly funded or financed, however you want to say that. There, there was definitely a whole lot of money that went into that thing, and there's, it was awesome. So then, the reason that I was in Tulsa was for a thing called Winter Bible Seminar, the, the Bible college that we graduated from hosts it every year and because I'm a <clears throat> state director for Rama Ministries have you know some churches that I'm responsible for connect with that kind of a thing meetings that I'm supposed to go to I was planning on being there until Thursday but how many of you heard there was a storm that was supposed to hit central Minnesota snowmageddon was coming and so I decided I don't want to get stuck in Tulsa because that happened last year I don't want to get stuck in Chicago so I'm coming home early so I ended up coming home early but Monday night in the service Minding my own business, you know, just, and, and it was old school to me, old school. Everybody say old school. Old. Now, old school to me was like in, in the 80s and the 90s. What I remember, uh, there was a song, we used to sing it here years and years ago. Look what the Lord has done. Dun, dun, dun. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. How many remember that song? All right. Each day he's just the same. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Oh, sing it again. You know, so they, they were doing that song. I, the pastor had preached and it was good. And they pulled out some of those songs. So I, I just play a clip of that one if you would. It was crazy. Now, now, I'm Central Minnesota white, and so, I, you know, but I can, I, I can, you know, so I just got to tell you. Were you out there? <laughs> I may or may not have taken a lap. <laughs> there is video evidence of it, unfortunately. <laughs> but here's the day, thing. So. The pastor's preaching a message about being filled and, you know, filled with God and all that stuff. And I'm enjoying it. It's good. It's, it's, you know, heard it kind of before. And then he said, I just feel like I need to pray for you. I thought, you know what? I'm not necessarily feeling anything like I'm good, but what the heck? Nobody knows me much. So I, I went up, had prayer, had hands laid on me along with about, seemed like about a thousand other people. Went back to my seat. They started singing that song I just sang. And so I'm, I'm doing this good friend of mine he's from California and he's California cool got a friend over here on this side he's from Iowa he's like Iowa corn and you know so I'm like I'm like in between and I just I'm just kind of doing this I'm just having fun I'm just worshiping God you're so good and, and my California friend he's just over here worshiping God my 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 Iowa friend he's I was out here going I'm kind of looking at him like, <laughs> obviously he grabs my shoulder because that's when it got crazy. It was right before, the, actually right after that. I mean, it was, and I don't know what, I don't know what I think about it to be totally honest. I was going to say, I don't know what you think about it. I don't know what I think about it. There's another sign in wonder. And so all of a sudden the guy grabs my shoulder. He goes, let's go run. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what? 
Iowa corn. Come on, you can't, you know. Let's go run. I'm like, what? Literally, I was like, what? And I was laughing. Let's go run. I'm like, we're stuck in the road. Let's go run. He grabs my shoulder and he pushes me out into the aisle. We go running down the front. Yeah. I got about halfway, and I'm not gonna. I'm not lying to you. I got about halfway, and <laughs> I did the same thing I did Sunday morning. I started laughing, and with each step, it's like I got freer, just loving God more and more. And then I started crying, and then I started, <laughs> and I was like, "God, God, if it's not the same God." The same God that was in Bixby, Oklahoma at the mega church that was high tech, high everything is the same God that's making me laugh and cry at the same time in the old school revival service. The same God. And so I'm thinking about it. Okay, we got Asbury that is low, low tech. You know, oh, it's just so good. Then we got high tech that is phenomenal. And Pastor Brian likes that anyway. So that that sort of is my sweet spot. Because I think you can do both. I think you can have both. I think that, that, I think it's attractional. I think it is so powerful. But the message of the word, you'll hear it in a few weeks, actually. You'll hear some of it. There's like four four sermons the guy preached in the two hours that he was. Anyway, so (laughs) it was awesome. So anyway, I started realizing whether it's old school, high tech, God's just saying, I, I just want you to respond to me. I, I just want you to respond to me. And, and, and I was thinking, Asbury, you know what God was saying about, he said, I've been here the whole time. I've been knocking at the door. Somebody finally opened it up and let me in and let me move. Bixby, Oklahoma. I've been in Bixby the whole time. But I've been knocking on the door. Now somebody finally opened up the door and you experience it. I've been in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma the whole time. And I'm knocking on the door. I'm just waiting for somebody to open up the door and let me in. And guess what, church? He's right here right now. He's just waiting for a response. He's waiting for you to open up the door. <clears throat> door. He's waiting for you. I must be going through the change because my voice just broke. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's here. I said, he's here. Quit waiting for there. And here's the problem. God says, I'll use whatever you get. let me use. You're creative. You're a creative church. Good. I'll use that. You're old school. Fine. I'll use that. You're a school school. Fine. I can move there. I'll do that. I can be there. The problem is us. I said, the problem is us. We want to try to import a method. It's got to be just like Asbury. We need to, we need, you know, and then there's people that, that are, you know, bless their darling hearts and stupid heads. They're trying to leverage a position. They're trying to leverage influence. Well, I was in Asbury and we're going to have the same revival here. No, you're not. No, you're not. Can I just say, if there is a last day move of God, I believe there will be, but if there is a last day move of God, the last day move of God is going to be bigger than one place. And it is going to be bigger than one people group. And it's going to be bigger than one method or one style. It's going to be bigger than than anything because it's got to match the majesty of God. There's different revivals. There's different moves for different reasons. God will use the gifting of the people. There are some 
Revivals that are a revival of repentance. There's revivals that are a revival of people being born again in the 40s and 50s. There was a revival that was known as the healing revival, where there was an emphasis of healing in the 60s and the 70s. There was the charismatic revival, where people were coming out of denominational churches. It's where the non-denominational church really began to get its footing. All kinds of things. So God's bigger than all of those things. And so God's not looking for a monument. We look at there. Oh, we have to be like them over there. No, we don't. God wants to use you where you are right here. Right here. Right now. That's what God wants to do. So I was thinking about this. And, and apparently I'm already... <clears throat> You'll have to come back next week to actually hear what I was going to tell you this morning. Because <laughs> I am not going way over. See what I did there? Didn't say I wasn't going over. I just said I'm not going way over. <laughs> uh, so, let me just say this to you. Here and go are connected. You're here... But with every here, and this has been my concern when I've done this series on here, I don't want you to take, get the idea that we should just be satisfied, not expect God to do anything, not expect to move from where we are here. We have too many Christians that are sitting on their blessed assurances waiting for heaven. There is a job to do, and your here is connected to the word go. Everybody say go. Two weeks ago, here we go. We're here, but we're going. And while we're going, we're still here and God is still here. And so we have to be listening to what it is that God is saying to us. In Matthew, in Mark, and in Luke, and in the book of Acts, there is a story that is central or an idea that sometimes when we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, we, we kind of just think in those, those linear terms like that, but it's really a conglomeration of a story. And, and, and you're familiar with perhaps Matthew, uh, gospels, Matthew's gospel. He, he wrote this, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Luke says a similar thing. Matthew says, or Mark says a similar thing. Luke chapter 24 says this. Jesus' command, it was this. Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah must suffer and die and rise again from the dead on the third day. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's appearing to them. And he says, and this message of salvation should be taken from Jerusalem to all the nations. That's where we get going to all the world, preach the gospel. He said, there is forgiveness of sins for all. Everybody say all. Everybody, forgiveness of sins for all, for all who turn to me, he said, or turn to Jesus. You have seen these prophecies come true. He said, you're eyewitnesses. All of the things Jesus had just said that you, you heard the prophecies that Messiah was going to come, that he would be cut off. Isaiah talked about it, that, that he would be crucified, that he would be rejected, all of those things. And now Jesus is saying, you guys saw all of those things happen to you. You've seen these prophecies come true. And now I will send the Holy Spirit upon you just as my father promised. Then he says this, don't begin other, telling others yet. Stay here. But stay here. Stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. And I, I just thought it was a little bit comical because Jesus is saying, go into all the world, preach the gospel, but wait. Go, but wait. Go, but wait. Our here is connected to the assignment 
to go. Acts 4, 1 says, in, these, in one of these meetings, now, this is again referring, this is Luke who wrote the book of Acts. He's referring to what he had written in the book of, in the book of Luke. In one of these meetings, he told them not to leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came upon them in fulfillment of the Father's promise, a matter he had previously discussed with them. Again, Jesus says, I want you to go, but before you go, I want you to wait because you need something. Here is always connected to go. You need something here. And if you don't get what you need here, it won't matter where you go. It doesn't matter when you go because there's things God wants to deal with you here. There are things that God wants to say to you here. And if you don't hear them here, your there is going to be less than what God has for you to have. Acts 1.8, but when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you receive power to testify about me with great effect. To the people in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth about my death and resurrection. We need the power of the Holy Spirit here so that when we go... But it's more than that. We need to deal with the unforgiveness of our heart here so that that doesn't impact us or affect us when we're there, when we're meeting with other people. We need to deal with insecurity here so that when we get there, there's a boldness that we can respond with. God wants to minister to us here and our here is then connected to going. I think I've made that point perhaps too much. And so... God wants a response from you and me more than he wants a moment or a monument. We have a lot of people wanting to go to those revivals. Nothing wrong with that. There are times you need to go somewhere and you do need to spend some time and you do need to set that side a time and you need to observe or you need to let God do some things in your heart and in your life and in your mind. You need to do those things. Yes, absolutely. But it should never be a camping spot that you stay at. Because your here is connected to go. You are getting something for, that will fuel you up so that when you get there, you will actually have something to say. You will have something to give. You will have something of benefit and value to the people that God is sending you to, to minister to them. And so God wants a response more than he wants a moment, a message, or a monument. So I have a question for you this morning which really sets up next week and this short little series that we're going to do called Hearing, H-E-R-H-E-R-E-I-N-G, Hearing, Hearing. What am I hearing? What am I hearing here? What am I hearing here? And so my question to you this morning is what are you hearing here? If you remember, I won't take the time to read it when we were talking about Moses. Moses was, you know, in the wilderness with the sheep. He, he saw a burning bush. He came aside to see what it was that was burning. And when God saw Moses coming towards him, then God said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. The moment that, that God, uh, the moment that Moses responded to God, here became holy ground. And God began to speak to him. God began to talk to him. God began to say some things. And can I tell you this morning, people of Joy Christian Center, God's trying to talk to you this morning. Yeah, but I don't hear him. We're going to talk about that in this series. I don't hear him. I've tried to listen. <laughs> to hear God. I've asked God questions. I don't hear him. I think this is what happens. We get so frustrated with here. I thought I was going to be farther along. 
I thought when I asked God into my life, I thought my life was going to get easier. It got harder. I, I prayed and asked God to do something and it didn't happen. And we get so frustrated with here. I thought my husband would be different. I thought my wife would be different. I thought my kids were going to be this or that. And I thought that my boss was going to. And we get so frustrated with here that we can't hear. I don't know if you've ever had this happen where somebody made a first impression for you. Anyone? You know what I mean? Or where somebody has begun to tell you about brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. Well, they're really sweet, but... And they begin to unload, and you don't know who they are, and then you meet them, and at first you're, you're like keeping your distance because, you know, you can see the eye roll of the other, oh, well, watch out for them. You know, they may seem sweet, but you better be careful. Anybody ever had that happen? <laughs> Let me just say this. You often, all of us, we hear about God before we hear from God. I'm going to say that again. We hear about God before we hear from God. And our problem isn't that we can't hear God. Our problem is what we have heard about God. What we've heard about God perhaps from a well-meaning adult or grandparent or parent or friend. Maybe you've heard that God was an angry God. And you can't hear the still small voice because you're expecting God to yell at you. Maybe you've heard that God only blesses perfect people. And so now you're living behind a mask. You're trying to fake it. You don't want anybody to know what's going on in your life. Because you're embarrassed and you're ashamed. It isn't. God didn't say that to you. It's what you heard about God. And one of the greatest limitations, because we have filters, we have, we have these things that we view God through. And it isn't what God said. That's what we heard people say. And so before you will ever hear, so what am I hearing here? Maybe the answer to prayer is slow in its coming. And so now you're hearing people say, yeah, well, you never can tell what God's going to do. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait a while. You know what? And, and, and so you might as well just forgive it. Old Uncle Joe, he believed like you did. It never happened for him. Probably not going to happen for you either. That's not what God says. Call to me and I will hear and I will answer. That's what God said. Yeah, but I don't see it happening. I don't see it. And it isn't that God didn't say it. It's what somebody else said about it. So what am I hearing here? Because what I'm hearing here will either be a huge frustration in your life. My two of our phrases in our house the last couple of years I have said often is what? And can you turn that up? <laughs> what? And can you, anyone, uh, you know, <laughs> what? And, and can you turn that up? Turn it up. I've actually reached the stage where I don't even, I don't respond sometimes. I know she's talking to me, but I'm in the bathroom, the water's running and I'm not going to, What? You know, I'm not going to have that conversation. Sorry, honey. <laughs> it's frustrating when you can't hear. It's frustrating when you can't hear. But sometimes you can't hear because of what's going on here. We need to figure out how to get quiet. I've been talking about the first 15, five minutes of prayer. 
Five minutes of worship. Five minutes of Bible reading. It'll change your life. I said, it will change your life. Because God is always speaking. He want, and, and you've got 66 volumes of God speaking. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. This is God speaking to you. You want to fight the good fight of faith like Paul said? Then you're going to have to fight the fight of the word of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You will never please God without the word of God. It's just that simple. Fight the good fight of faith. The Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. The kingdom of God operates different than the kingdom of this world. This will be my last thought. The kingdom of God operates different than the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of God operates... <laughs> sorry, the kingdom of this earth. We have to see it to believe it. You see things before you hear things. The speed of light is faster than the speed of sound. That's just the way it is. You see a jet plane many times before you hear the jet plane. It's just the way that it works. The kingdom of God operates differently. The kingdom of God operates on what you hear first. When you hear it, then you see it. God said, let there be light, and then light was. God said, let there be an earth, and then the earth became. And that's been our problem. We don't see it, and because we don't see it, we don't think it's going to happen. But God doesn't go, God doesn't lead us by charades. He doesn't lead us by, you know, sign language and all those other things. God leads us by his word and by his spirit. So I figure out how to tune my heart, tune my spirit, shut out other things so that I can hear him. And a lot of it goes into unlearning what you know about God. It'll be your number one challenge throughout the course of your lifetime. I wish we could just, this is why children's ministry is so important. This is why youth ministry is so important. There's a generation of kids in this church that are not having to unlearn a bunch of religious gobbledygook because they're hearing the truth of the word of God. I said, there's a bunch of kids that aren't going to have to unlearn all the stuff that you, the tradition and, and the stuff that whoever said, because they're hearing the word of God and it'll change their life. It'll set their course on a right path. Amen. Praise God. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father, we want to hear your voice. Father, we want to hear you. So, Father, help us to lay aside tradition. Help us to lay aside those voices that we have heard in the past. Those people that have misrepresented you. And those things that we have garnered in our heart that we have thought that you were. But, Father, we are understanding and, and finding out that you are good. That you are so good. So good. Jeremiah says this. And I want to make sure and read this verse to you. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Ask me, and I will tell you some remarkable secrets about what is going to happen here. Not there. Not when you get good enough. Not when you're perfect. Here. Where you are right now. God says, I've got some remarkable secrets about what is going to happen here. There are things that God has designed for you. There are things that God wants for you. There are things that God wants to bring you into right here, right now. And they're remarkable secrets. And as we search for him, as we seek him, he says that he will, we will find him.
And so, Father, I pray that you would make us seekers of you. I pray, Heavenly Father, that the distractions of this life would fall by our wayside. And, Father, what, what is happening in, in university campuses, in churches, and in places all over the United States and all over this world, and has been happening for years and years and years, I pray, Father, that you continue to breathe, that you continue to blow, that you continue to ignite a fire on the inside of us because we understand that these last days that we are in today. Oh, Father, that we have a message of hope. We have a message of joy. We have a message of the goodness of God for people in central Minnesota. And so, Father, I thank you for that. With your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you were here today and you say, Pastor Brian, I, I need Jesus as my Savior. I don't know everything about it, but I know I need him to come into my life. I need to be forgiven of sin. If that's you, would you hold your hand up real high? I want to pray for you. I want to lead you in a very simple, simple prayer. Yes, anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Just hold. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Anyone else this morning? Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Anyone else today? Yes, sir. Thank you. I'm going to ask you all to pray this prayer with me. Because we're a family church. We don't pray alone. We pray together. So would you all join this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I realize today I need a Savior. Jesus in my life here so I surrender to you I believe Jesus died for me his blood was shed for me I believe that he rose again on the third day I confess him this morning as my Lord and my Savior thank you Jesus for coming into my life and making a difference in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you for these that have prayed this prayer for the first time. I thank you that you are the author and the finisher of their faith. And I thank you that you've borne something. You've placed something on the inside of them. And Father, we pray over it and we believe that it's going to grow, that it's going to get bigger and bigger, that it's going to lead them. Your life is going to lead them and guide them and bring them into great and wonderful things. I thank you for that, Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you that as we leave this place, that we bring your heart and your life and your spirit to central Minnesota and we thank you for that in the name of Jesus and everyone said amen amen, amen. well God bless you Joy Christian Center have an awesome Sunday we will see you next week with part two of hearing God bless you amen.